mistake the bleeding obvious. The night before? Yes, Alex, it is the night before. The night before Christmas, that's right. You should never stuff a chook till just before you put it in the oven. Why not? Why bloody not? Her voice had risen. She sounded like a child, petulant and protesting. He heard it too, and looked at her with cautious pity, and she hated that even more. That's what my mother always said. Well, your mother's not here to get woken up at six in the morning and watch the kids squabble over their presents and then slave away in a boiling hot kitchen for the rest of the day, is she? And if I want to stuff the chickens now, I'll jolly well stuff them now. My mother always stuffed the chickens the night before. Actually, Rosemary couldn't remember ever having chicken for Christmas dinner at home. It had usually been a joint of rather tough mutton and never quite enough of it. But Alex wasn't to know that, was he? The kids won't squabble, love. Not when they say what we've got them. Oh, won't they? They've started already, can't you hear them? And Alex could, now that she mentioned it, going at it hammer and tongs, the two elders shouting at each other and the little one bawling again, poor Poppet. I tell you what, he said, backing away a little from his wife. How about I settle those rat bags down and have a quick shower and then I'll take a couple of them with me and go and buy fish and chips for tea? What do you think, sweet girl? He bent a little, placatingly, to look into her lowered face. She nodded fiercely. Yes, she said. No, I'll sort the children out. You have a shower. Quicker. Because he would jolly them into a good humour, and that would take half an hour, whereas she... I've got the wooden spoon! Rosemary yelled, thwacking the closed doors of the girls' bedrooms with the flat of her hand. On the door was a neatly hand-lettered sign... Private. Secret. No parents. Inside, the arguing and crying suddenly stopped. Don't come in! You can't come in! I am so coming in. I'm counting to five. One, two, three. There was a desperate, wait, wait, on five, and then Robert opened the door, eyes darting first to check her hands. No wooden spoon. Deborah and James were standing side by side, guarding the secrecy of whatever was under a very lumpy bedspread. The rolls of wrapping paper, the scissors and ribbon and sticky tape, were all heaped in disarray on the second bed. Meredith, the youngest, came forward to stand beside Robert, her plump six-year-old cheeks flushed and wet with tears. Rosemary raised one hand like a traffic policeman. "'I don't want to know what you are fighting about. I just want you all to stop.' I wasn't fighting, Mummy, said James mildly. I know, James. He never did. There they were, aligned as always like two opposing sets of salt and pepper shakers. These two pairs, odds and evens, the firstborn and the third child, the secondborn with the fourth. Deborah the eldest, almost thirteen now, and almost not a child, watchful and well-organised and her dreamy, tractable brother James, four years younger, both with her mother's willowy build, her glossy jet hair and olive skin, though only James had Rosemary's blue eyes. Deborah's were her father's odd, streaky mix of green and brown, and the other two, Robert, such a middle child, doomed to be forever stuck between the eldest and the most likable, ever protesting, that's not fair, as Deborah bossed them all around, and the little thumb-sucking Meredith, his self-appointed charge, like a chick under the hen's wing. This pair looked alike too, 
with tawny red-brown hair and hazel eyes and scatterings of light brown freckles. It was the foxy Scottish colouring you saw in Alex's extended family. These parts should go together to form a neat whole. Two times two equals four, her children. But Rosemary had never felt quite convinced that they were really hers. Yes, yes, of course she knew they were. She could remember being pregnant and waking up after their births, those strange groggy meetings. Though she had been awake for the last birth, and that was hardly an improvement, and she'd been with them every unremitting moment since, could describe, if God forbid she ever had to, every single unremarkable day of each of their lives. But how could that be, when she still felt just a girl herself? And that was how she looked, too. The mirror confirmed that she was still more dewy-made than thick-waisted matron, though turning thirty a few months ago had been an awful jolt.